uh, Nate Beard, uh, his wife Nikki is with him, and I'm sure he'll talk about her. He did last night, talked about her a bit. It's quite funny. Got himself in the doghouse a couple times, I think it was. And uh, he was sharing a story that I'll let him share. I won't steal your thunder if you decide to share that. That he was sharing this morning, and uh, uh, Danielle kind of had this, what? You said what? <laughs> you know. So uh, we'll see if he shares that, but it was kind of funny. Uh, they are expecting a child, so uh, give them a hand clap. It's an exciting time for them. And uh, I say it this way, you know, we want to win people to Christ, and we want to raise people in Christ, amen? And uh, so I look forward to uh, hearing the stories in the years to come of how God blesses them as parents and raising their, their child in the ways of the Lord. Uh, Nate is the Digital Communications Director for Open Bible Standard Churches in Des Moines, Iowa. And so um, he, uh, he handles all the Facebook and postings, you know, on the web and, and making sure that communication is going out in a digital manner and uh, folks know what's going on in Open Bible. And I'll say that I know the pastors that I've talked to, Nate, in our region, that we all feel more informed than we ever have about what's going on in Open Bible since you stepped into that role. And so it's been an exciting thing uh, to feel that connection. Uh, without communication, the message doesn't spread, does it? And so Nate's going to talk to us a little bit more today about social media and how we can spread the message of Christ in a positive way to make an impact on people for the kingdom of God. Amen? Why don't you give him a hand clap as he comes to share with us this morning? Thanks, Pastor. How's it going? Uh, I'm really excited to be here um, because this is the city where I was born. Uh, I live in Iowa, but I was born here. And so I'm a diehard Broncos fan and um, all that. But first, uh, me and my wife Nikki are here. Learned a little bit about her. I'll share that story. Uh, this morning, she was up and we stayed at Pastor Sissel's house. And um, uh, she got a nice comment on her jeans and how nice they were. And she said, yeah, I really like them. And I said, yeah, but she's only going to be able to wear them for like another few weeks. And uh, what they didn't know was that she was pregnant. And so I said, uh, it was a little awkward moment. <laughs> I was like the worst husband of all time at that point. So um, I got myself out of the doghouse. Everybody knows now. And so um, I, I just want to bring greetings from uh, Open Bible Headquarters um, and from President Randall Bach and his wife, Barbara. Uh, they want to let you guys know how appreciative they are of all the work and leadership and initiative that you've taken for um, convention coming up. And so uh, thank you very much. Thank you. Um, worship was amazing. Thank you, worship team. That was awesome. Dude's got some pipes, huh? Yeah? Um, that was pretty cool. Uh, so right before we came, uh, we went to the doctor. We had our appointment we went to the doctor, and um, we learned a little bit about our baby and how big it was and all of that. And technology is amazing. Let me tell you what. They can show you how big it is. They can even show you into your baby's future. I know. It almost sounds like I'm making this up, but I'm not. You can see into your baby's future, and you can actually see a glimpse of what your baby will become. It's pretty amazing. Um, and she said, do you, want, do you want a video of it? And I said, well, yeah, sure, I'm a video guy. This is what I do. And so I haven't actually even seen it yet, so can we, can we just watch it together? I'd love to watch it. I don't even know what's going to happen. 
Okay. <laughs> we will improve our prayer life. And we will raise a baby ninja. Well, um, so you, you know that I'm here to talk to you about social media and how we can use that to leverage that for the gospel. But before I get into that, I want to talk a little bit about um, who we are when we're using social media. Um, before we can identify what or how we can share with others, it's important to know who we are and what we have been created. Um, we can share uh, with God as humans, what we share with God as humans. If we don't understand this, then how can we serve others? How can we love others? And how can we see others through the eyes of Jesus? You've heard the phrases that you can't um, love others until you learn how to love yourself or hurting people hurt people because um, how we view ourselves will dictate how we view others. So would you, would you trust your car to uh, um, a person at a, a garage who doesn't understand how an engine works? No. So why should others trust this guy that you talk about if what you're living doesn't back up what you say you believe? What you say you believe is not, what you believe is not what you say you believe. What you believe is what you do. So, <clears throat> in the world of communications, there's something called branding. And you, you all know about branding. You might not know you know about it, but you know about it. Um, this is who you are and what you care about. Um, in our lives, we have our own brand. Um, as we live our lives, we tell people who we are and what we, what we care about, what we do, who we love, and we create our own personal brand as we go through life. Do you believe me? Well, let me, for those of you who don't believe me, apparently a lot of you do, put a lot of trust in me already, uh, you'll learn. So, um, but those of you who don't believe me, I'm going to do a little experiment, and I'm going to, in just a second, I'm going to show you some names. And... Um, the names are correlated with a lot, of, a lot of things that these people have done in their life. And I want you to pay attention about your feelings, um, your emotions, what you feel when you see these names. Okay? So let's start with the first one. I, you know what? I heard last night at dinner that Pastor Sissel has some killer dance moves. So maybe we'll do a little moonwalk gospel later, okay? Um, okay, let's go to the next one. Go to the next one. Woo! That's Wade's favorite. Can we mark that in the podcast? Make sure that's known. Let's go to the next one. Next one. He's so dreamy. <laughs> the next one. And the next one. A little bit of an emotional roller coaster for some of you on those last few. Now you understand branding, don't you? Because their name is tied to 
their brand, what they are, who they represent, what they care about. Some of those weren't very good brands, in your opinion, were they? Some of them were awesome. And, you know, then there's the others. Your brand is connected to your identity. You know when that cell phone rings and you see the name on there? And about a million things go through your mind while you're deciding whether or not you're going to screen this call or not? Thank goodness for caller ID, amen? Can I get an amen for caller ID? Okay. So you see that name and you're thinking, a million things are going through your mind. What did that person, what did that conversation go like last time I talked to that person? Um, what do I know about them? Why are they calling me? Do they need money? <laughs> all these things, right? Parents, amen, you say, they need money. Um, all these things go through your mind. That is the brand, their personal brand. When you see their identity, their name, it's linked to their brand and who they are and what they care about. So I have a question for you. Um, is what you're sharing with God what's being conveyed to those around you? What you share with God personally, is that being conveyed to others around you? We all have to take a hard look at ourselves, myself included. Just because I'm up here doesn't mean I have a corner market on this. Um, so when they look at your life, what do they see? Well, let's go to scripture real quick. These are some things that we share with God. Genesis 1.27 says, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. If we go to Psalms 139.13, says, For you were created in, uh, you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Down to verse 16, it says, Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the, days of, all, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them ever came to be. You know, when you read through Scripture, you find that uh, you are God's most valued possession as humans. As human beings, um, as he created us naturally, you are the apple of his eye, and you are his favorite. Um, but then Jesus told us about something supernatural that would, we would eventually possess, the Holy Spirit. If you go to Acts 1-4, he says, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for, my, for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Um, if we drop down to verse 8, he says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and all the ends of the earth. I want you to remember that. To all the ends of the earth. As believers, we recognize a connection with God and with Jesus. Um, Non-believers may not recognize this connection. They also have it. They just don't know what it is. Um, they spend their lives trying to find something to fill that void. How many of you know people like that? They just keep searching and searching and searching. Sometimes it's love, sometimes it's money, sometimes it's other things. <clears throat> Deep inside the heart of every human being, there is a beckoning. They feel there is more to life. And you know what it is? It's a relentless God that is calling them. Most people don't know what it is until they see something in your life. And that's the key. They will look for something and look for something and look for something. And then, if you are living out what you say you believe, 
and showing Jesus to people, they'll see that one little tiny thing that maybe you did and say, I wonder what that's all about. The way you are living your life, how you treat people, how you respond to disaster or trouble in your life, how you love your family, your friends, says a lot to the people who are watching you and know you as a Christian. Uh, Pastor Derek and I were talking a little bit about this this morning. You know, as always, in high school, I was, um, kids knew that I was a Christian. Uh, kids knew that I was trying to serve the Lord, and I, I got teased quite a bit about it, uh, you know, several different ways. But, you know, when that person was hurting, who did they find in the locker room to talk to? That's right. They're watching you. They might even be saying vicious things about you, but inside, they hear something. Something's going on. They have a connection. As people watch you, all those things that I just mentioned build your personal brand, who you are and what you care about. And when people see your name, they think of how well you love your family and friends and, and all those other things I said. It could be a simple thing that they've seen from you that would open them up to hearing about God. Now, um, I did get myself in the doghouse last night because uh, I didn't introduce my, my wife. Well, I introduced my wife, but I didn't tell anybody that she was having a baby until like the workshop was almost done. And so I was like, oh, I should probably get better at that, right? You know? But I do make up brownie points because I have chosen, for the sake of my marriage, to watch The Bachelor with my wife. <laughs> I know, I know. Pray for me, brother. <clears throat> you know, what I notice when I see, um, you know, they have the rose ceremony and, and the, the one or however many he decides to let go, go home. They're always bawling, right? I was the one. I'm the one. But you know what I hear when they, see, when they say, I just want to make someone happy? I know I'm the only one that can make him happy. I'm just tired of being alone. Every time one of them goes home, they say something like that. And you know why? Because they're searching for love. They think that physical love will do it but it won't. Nikki doesn't find fulfillment in my love. She finds fulfillment in God's love. So even if you find a happy spouse and live happily ever after, you'll still never be fulfilled unless you're soaking in God's love. Remember the verses we just read? You were created in God's image. You share characteristics with God. You know this is scientifically proven? Didn't see that coming, did you? I'm going science on you. In 1935, Albert Einstein published a paper describing quantum entanglement. Have you read this one? If you, if you know it, stop me. It theorized that if a particle was split into two parts, both remain linked to one another, even when separated over vast distances. Actual experiments showed that when two particles separated in time and space, they demonstrated a connectivity. If you change the spin of one particle, the other particle would change its spin as well. Not only is the connection there, it happens instantaneously. 
So when two particles have been separated by space and time, they still share a, connective, a connectivity. When one particle moves, the other particles responds in an equal manner. Now, as we understand this truth, we know that when God pursues you, you feel the need to pursue something also. We understand this. We know that um, we need to understand that God goes before us to work in the hearts of people that he's called us to reach. Okay, so let me back up. When two particles are separated, us and God, we're separated by sin. And it doesn't matter how far away they are, when God starts calling you, you start feeling it. Because we share a connectivity with God. And that's what I've been talking about with people who, who are looking for love and stuff. <clears throat> so we've all heard the story of Jonah, right? Jo- Jonah and the big whale. He swallowed him. And then he got thrown up on shore. Not cool. <laughs> but... You know, the reason he was running from God is because he was scared of what the people would do to him. Uh, I think he'd heard about what had happened to the other prophets in the Bible. And so, um, as he's so worried about what the people are going to say about him, he runs from the Lord. And uh, what he didn't know is that God had gone ahead of him to work in the hearts of those people. So, after he's in the, the belly of the whale, he has the, you know... God has to talk with him, man up, slaps him out on shore, and he finally goes, and all he does is share the message that God has told him to share. And it wasn't uh, chop off his head, or crucify him upside down, or throw him into the lion's den, or throw him into the fiery furnace. It was, Jonah, he's got a point. And then they fasted, and they turned, and they served God with their life. Well, that was a lot to do for nothing, wasn't it? I mean, he was so worried about what they would do to him, but he didn't trust God to work in their hearts first, right? So he says the one thing he's supposed to say, they turn and they follow God. God goes ahead of you to work in the people's lives that he has called you to reach, always. The only way this could happen is that if God was working in the hearts and minds of people of Nineveh while Jonah was busy being a pansy. The one half of the particle was in motion, so the people on the other end were being called to God. When one particle moves, the other particle responds in an equal manner. Sometimes all it takes is for us to take a second, take a deep breath, realize who we are in God, who created us, and who we are now in Christ as a new creation, and obey. That's all it takes. Do you know what the difference between a thermometer and a thermostat is? A thermometer will respond or react to whatever environment it's put in. Take it outside on a blizzard day, it'll go, take it outside in the summertime. It doesn't matter. You could do, it'll change three or four times in a day if you do that enough. But a thermostat dictates its environment. So it doesn't matter what sort of weather you have outside. In your house, it's always 72 degrees. You could have 12 inches of snow, or you could have 90-degree sunny day. But inside, 72 degrees. 
I think it says in the Bible, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You can do whatever you want, but as for me and my house, we have decided this is what we're going to do. We're going to serve the Lord. <clears throat> so now we know what we share with God. But we have, um, and we have some insight on how he works in other people's hearts. So how can we share the gospel with them? Well, I mean, if we're going to share the gospel with them, we should probably figure out why we need to share the gospel with them, right? Why is this our problem? Why is this our job to do? Why, why, why? In, a, in the world of Google, we need to know why, right? Well, I have a good answer for you. I know you were worried about it. I got it. In Matthew 28, 18 through 20, the Great Commission says, Jesus is saying, All authority on heaven and earth have been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded to you. And surely I am with you to the very end of the age. You know, there are many ways to connect with people. And before I go any farther, I want to say this. A personal interaction, a personal relationship, and personal conversations are always the best method of sharing God's love with someone. I don't want to stand up here and say that um, social media is the new way to reach people um, because there will always be a new way. But the best way is always loving them personally and sharing your life with them personally. But what if we step outside of that possibility for a moment? What if we take ourselves out of the box and a personal interaction is it available? Can we still share the good news of the gospel with people who are hurting? With the other side of the particle? Can we still do that? Um, I wanna, want you to watch this short video real quick. Uh, I have to warn you, you have to be a real fast reader. Okay? Just try to pick up as we go. Go ahead. Pretty crazy, huh? How many of that, uh, was that eye-opening for anybody? You know, that, that video was made for businesses, um, how they can reach customers, but I'm, I totally ripped it off, and I'm going to use it for how we can share the gospel, because the same statistics are there. 78% of people trust peer recommendations, and only 14% trust advertisements. So you know what that means? you love this church so much and you feel like you want to share it with the world, your recommendation is trusted way more than any advertising we could pay for. Word of mouth is the best advertising ever. Money can't buy it. But why should they trust your recommendation if your personal brand isn't backing it up? If you're only a Sunday Christian, you do whatever you want for the rest of the week, why would anybody else be drawn to that? That video said that if Facebook was a country, it would be the third largest country in the world. And that's an old video. So it might be second largest now. So earlier we saw a scripture that said, we will be Jesus' witnesses to the very ends of the earth. 
And the Great Commission tells us that we should go into all the world and all the nations. Well, I just learned that Facebook is a nation. So, if I take myself out of that personal relationship, I see myself, my Facebook newsfeed, my Facebook network, my Twitter network, my Twitter followers as my mission field. And I want my personal brand to back up what I recommend to them. Um, Pastor, you want to come up here? And um, We talked about this a little bit last night, and we thought, you know, it might be a good idea for us to kind of tag team this a little. Um, it worked really well last night. and So um, I'm going to share with you my philosophy on friends with Facebook. Um, a lot of people will say that uh, if I don't know this person, uh, I will not friend them. And if I don't like this person, I will not friend them. And so what we do uh, when we do that is we surround ourselves with a little bubble of our other Christian friends. Now, have you ever heard of us doing that in real life, in, in the physical and on earth? Do we just put ourselves in a boat? I don't believe it. You ever, you ever see that? Yeah, how can we reach a world if we're in our own little bubble all the time? So what I have decided, um, this, is, this is how I do my Facebook. Doesn't mean you have to do your Facebook this way. I will accept anybody. I will friend anybody that wants to be a friend because that's more people that I can reach. That's more people that I can share Jesus with. And I think uh, I had to look before I came, but I'm at like 1,500 friends. So that's my platform. That's, those are the people that are watching me, how I live my life. And it does my personal brand reflect what I say I believe? Is what I do what I believe, not just what I say I believe. Um, so that's how I do things. One of the things I shared last night, I will read these same scriptures, is that, um, you know, social media is going to happen. We're going to have relationships. We're going to interact with our community. But without a doubt, you know, it's one of those things that we need to be aware of. And as I've talked about it, that we need to be conscious of what we're posting, what we're communicating. Email goes the same way, right? If you don't Facebook, you know, you probably email. There's some, some way electronically that you're communicating. Um, and it's only going to continue to go that way. It's going to more and more and more we're going to see social media start to dominate society. Question is, do we want to be, do we want to be in that so that our conversation, so that our message is out there? Because the other message is going to spread while we come inside four walls and go inside, you know, our garage, shut our garage door, go back in our yard with our privacy fence. Come on, everybody know what I'm talking about, right? And we're disconnected. we got to be connected. You know, how many of you agree that Jesus was connected? He was connected. When he walked into a town and began to proclaim the kingdom of God, people responded. So much so that there was multitudes. 1,500, you said, as your friends? And he would have 5,000 gathered around, right? It was in the midst of that, right? D did he have social networking going on? Somebody tell me. I think he did. He had some things going on there. And, and so, um, you know, just as through history, ways of communicating has changed, uh, it's changed again. And, you know, I'm 42 years old, and I'm thinking, I can't learn, you know, so 38 years old, I'm thinking, I cannot learn all this stuff. I don't want to learn all this stuff. Anybody else feel my pain? All right, loud amen for us old folks in the room, right? 
But here's what I realized. It's like, uh, I'm either going to learn this or I'm not going to be connected. So I got to learn it. And uh, so I see it as something that a new thing is happening. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, correct? The message of Christ is the same today as it was in, in the, you know, the time of the beginning of the church in Acts 2. The message is the same, but the way we communicate the message needs to adapt to the culture that we're in and keep communicating the same thing. So Isaiah 43 and 19 says, Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive and know it? And will you not give heed to it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And last night what I said to the youth was that if you think about it, if Facebook, what was the reach? How many million now? 200 million in, in a year, right? So who knows what it is now. But, but ultimately, think about your ability to go on there, communicate the, the message of the kingdom of God. Not just slapping scripture on there, but communicating the message of the kingdom. God did this in my life. God did this in my relationship. You know, this happened with my friend and I, where people are intrigued by that, and they see the hand of God working in your life and might start to ask questions. That it makes an opportunity for the word of God, which is, by the way, Jesus is the living water, correct? So if, if, if you're sharing the love of Christ, the living water is able to pour through that wherever, you know, China, Germany, England, wherever you may have friends, that living water can pour into that place. So never before, I don't think, have we been in a place where this message shall be preached in all the world and then the end will come. We have opportunities today. We still need to physically go, but how many agree that it's a whole lot cheaper to, to be on Facebook, make a friend, and share what God's doing in your life than it is to get on a plane, fly overseas, you know, try and figure it all out. I think it's a whole lot more efficient and the way that we're moving, it's easier for us to share that. Now, here's another scripture that I shared last night with the youth, and that was from the tribes of Issachar. Every, how many of you have ever heard of the sons of Issachar, right? Here's what it says. There were 200 leaders of the tribe with their relatives. All these men understood the signs of the times and knew the best course for Israel to take. Another translation would say, King James uh, would say, that they knew the times that they lived in and what they should do. We have to recognize the times that we live in and what to do. Let me say this. What to do has never changed. Sharing the love of Christ and sharing the message of Christ is the same as it was back then, but the method has changed. And we're still going to make friends. I, I love what you said, too, because a lot of people just social media is it. And social me media is not it. We still need those interconnected relationships, and we need community that way. But social media creates an opportunity for us to connect with people that we wouldn't otherwise. And we need to use it and communicate the message of God in such a way that is palatable. Now, what I wanted to kind of shift into is some of the conversations. Uh, the one, for instance, your friend, if you will, um, that I commented on that, that post. It was about politics, I think. Um, I, I, have a lot, I have a wide assortment of people in my network. So there's a lot of people who don't believe what I believe about religion or about God or about marriage or about politics or about guns. 
pretty much anything. Um, and I, I think I posted something, a very, very provoking question, I think is what I asked. And um, you know how it is in comments, everybody starts saying what they will, and, and uh, Pastor Sissel made a comment about it and felt like maybe he had overstepped um, because that person came back and responded to him. And um, he contacted me privately and said, hey, I don't, I didn't mean to like uh, throw gasoline on the fire or, you know, I know he's a friend of yours, so I'm really sorry if I ruin that <laughs> or whatever. And, uh, and I said, no, don't worry about it. These are discussions that we need to have. And I think that um, growing up there was a saying that we shouldn't talk about religion and politics in public. And uh, I, I have a different thought of mind on that. I think that if we would talk more about those things and have regular, real, uh, respectful conversations, we wouldn't be where we're at right now. So uh, I tend to post some things like that sometimes and get people thinking. Um, another, another story I was going to share is when we announced that we were going to have a baby on April Fool's Day, um, <laughs> one of my friends... Uh, he wasn't. He was not sold on it. He was not believing. Uh, apparently, I have a tendency to be a jokester, so he was not believing it at all. But by the end of the day, we had shown clips of when we told our family, and they were, ah. we told our friends, and they were, ah. and so there's, you know, there's just no way we could stage that stuff, right? And unless we were just really sick. And um, <laughs> this this friend is a, a good friend of mine. We have a good relationship, but he is atheist, and he's an atheist anarchist. And so um, we have a great relationship. Honestly, we do. We, we share some really great discussions. And you know what he said to me was, you know, although I may not be a believer, I know that your child will be, <laughs> your child will be a light to those around him or her. <laughs> How cool is that? And uh, gosh, I'm not even the one that's pregnant. <laughs> uh, and then another friend who is also atheist uh, contacted me one time and said uh, she doesn't live in Iowa. Uh, she grew up in Iowa, but she's going to come back. And she said, hey, I'm coming back in June. Um, I would love to hang out with you and Nikki. You guys seem like really great people. And on a regular basis, she says, you know, I love that you don't just shove scripture down my throat, but we can have conversations. And uh, really what she's saying is you're showing me the love of Christ, but she won't say that. So... You are who you are no matter where you are. Sitting in front of a keyboard doesn't change that. So if you wouldn't say it to someone's face, then don't say it to them on Facebook. That's a pretty good general rule, isn't it? Emotions are your worst enemy when you get into debates and discussions on Facebook or Twitter. Twitter doesn't happen as much because you're limited, but... On Facebook, you can have like 190 comments about and, and get nothing done, accomplish nothing at the end of those comments. But if you wouldn't say it to someone's face, just because you're not sitting right in front of them and you hit the post or the publish button, doesn't mean it doesn't still hurt them or hurt your brand and who you are. Um, when I talk about a personal brand, I don't, say, I don't say that you should be perfect. You should just show perfect things. Um, and only talk about how perfect your life is, because uh, that, that's bogus. Okay, transparency builds trust. And what people want to see from you is transparency. 
They want to see a real, living disciple of Christ. So I'm not saying be, try to be perfect or show everybody how perfect you are. Um, <laughs> if that was the case, I would not have 1,500 friends. I wouldn't be on Facebook. Um, you know, on that note, uh, I talked last night around the idea of building your personal brand. You know, whether that be Twitter, Facebook, your emails, whatever that would be, is that you are sharing your testimony. That is your testimony. And that if the Bible tells us that basically the end of this whole thing is, is that we overcome the enemy. Who's our enemy? The devil, right? Satan. We overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Has the blood of the lamb been shed? Did Jesus give his life? That work's done. Matter of fact, on the cross, he said, it is finished. So what's left to do? Our testimony. We build our brand. What is our brand? What, you know, we're on Facebook or whatever we're doing, when we're interacting with other people, and let me take it to this, when we're at work, when we're at school, when we're at church, when we're in the marketplace, wherever we are, our brand is there, and people are watching us. You know, it's one of the most interesting things is, is when I interact with people and I don't realize how much they're watching me and they are watching me very close and they're not believers, it's very imp important for me to have a testimony that speaks to them that is that stuff he talks about really real. Because talking about it doesn't do it. Living it, who you are, as Nate said, what you do is what you believe. I've taught that here a lot, that at the core, we will do what we believe. You know, we'll say this, but we do what we believe. And so we have to deal with that, our core beliefs and make sure that we're in the word of God and we're allowing that time with him to shape us and mold us. You know, we've been looking at the helper, right? The Holy Spirit. He's the one that gives us that assistance to be the brand that promotes the kingdom of God in such a way that people are drawn to it. They want it. Um, to share on that note of friending people, um, I've not friended as many, you know, non-believers, maybe as I should, and some of it is the posts that they'll put on my Facebook, and as a pastor, you know, I can't even tell you how many times I get contacted, hey, did you know this is on your Facebook? It's like, yeah, I do, and I'm trying to minister to that person, and so here's the thing, um, if you interact with lost people, they're going to do lost things, just that way. You know, when I was in the military and I was telling Nate on the atheist note, which was hopefully an encouragement to him because when he shared that last night, a story of when I was in the military and was an atheist guy and his wife was going to leave him. And in his moment of crisis, who do you think he came to? The guy always, hey, preacher man, hey, preacher man. His wife's going to leave me. He's like, hey, could I talk to you? I'm like, sure, what's up? Man, my wife's leaving me. I'm like, wow, man, that's heavy. He goes... Yeah, I don't know what to do. And uh, so I talked with him a little bit, and then I said, can I pray for you? And, of course, he's like, sure, you know. I said, I know you may not believe in that, but I do, and if I could just pray. He goes, that's fine, just pray for me. So I take his hand, nice, nice, just gripped his hand, and I said, Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you would touch her heart. You'd bring her to her senses, Father. I pray that you would soften his heart towards his wife. And as I'm praying, the presence of God just sat down. 
and he does one of these. Now, I'm, I'm praying, kind of looking down, you know, it looks like your eyes are closed when you're doing that, right? You're just trying to be courteous, but on my peripheral, <laughs> I'm watching, and when the power of God sat down, he goes, looks at me, and I get done praying, he goes, I have never felt anything like that before. I said, well, look, you need to just go home to your wife and do what you know you need to do. You can't control what she's going to do. He went home, and he just broke, and he sobbed and apologized for the way he treated her and so on. Changed her life, you know, changed their life. So it's in those moments, but you've got to have the connection. And on that note with Facebook, my sister, hallelujah, I love her to death, man. She owns a salon downtown Cincinnati. She, she's a party animal, you know what I'm saying? And uh, she posts stuff sometimes. I'm like, dear God, that woman's half naked. I didn't delete, delete, you know. Uh, so it's one of those things where, you know, I get a phone. Hey, did you know there's a half naked woman on your Facebook? Yes, I know. It's, it's from my sister. <laughs> She's like, really? <laughs> well, is your sister that way? It's like, well, you know, do you have any family that's that way? <laughs> right? Come on. Uh, but here's the deal. I, I post scriptures. I don't post scriptures all the time. You all know I share about family. I share about snowboarding. I share about being on the mountain praying with God. And I post scriptures from time to time. And, but you know what started happening when I tweet? She retweets and she, she shares to all of her friends, which most of them are not saved. And so now I've got people following me. And, you know, some of those things come on I'm like, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> but... Ultimately, you start to have influence. And then people retweeting tweets that I've done that are tweeting to their friends that are unsaved. It's things they've never heard before, said in ways they've never heard them. And when I was out in Ohio, when I went out there with Danielle, um, I preached in a church out there. She brought her friends to the service, and her, her friend said, Hey, I've been to church before. I don't think I've ever heard anybody speak that way about Jesus and, and love. And it totally touched her. And so now her and her friend go to a church there uh, in Cincinnati. Now, Amanda went to church some. But if you get what I'm saying, that, that influence starts to grow. And the key is, I like what he said about a thermometer versus a thermostat. The key there is change your environment. Don't change to your environment. Pastor, I may be way off base here, but isn't that how the church started? One person told another person, and then, and then they told their family, and then they told their family, and then they told their friends, and, right? The share concept, the original, the original share concept. Way before social media, there was social media. And then, um, and then Paul wrote some books in the Bible, and, and they were in what form to them? Letters. Who has gotten a handwritten letter in like the last five years? Really? I would get one and be like, oh my gosh, somebody is kidnapped. You know? <laughs> I do not, and I don't have any money, so good luck to you. But uh, words of encouragement, right? So they knew about Christ. They were living their life, but they had letters of encouragement coming to them. Dear brothers, Get along with each other. Love the Lord. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. You know, I just think that this is an opportunity for us to discover new ways of sharing the love of Christ. You know, we have a, a few folks that will start tweeting during services and things like that. 
And, uh, and then what I get is I get these kickbacks from people I don't know that have listened to my sermon and they're liking and whatever. It's touching people. Where's Enrique? Enrique? Come here. Come here, Enrique. Enrique is the tweet master. How many tweets was you trying to accomplish? And then I guess you found out the goal and you're like, dude, that's way too many. A hundred an hour. A hundred tweets. That's what these young people do. They're, they're crazy, man. You know. But here's what's going on. Their generation is doing that. Now, we know that 87% of the harvest is teens and down. 87% of those who give their life to Christ is teenage down. And I don't know if you've seen these little nine-year-olds walking around. Right? And it's crazy to watch them head down and they're dodging stuff as they're doing it and not skipping a beat. It's like I tell our youth, you know, they, they will text me or tweet me and, and it's coming through and I'm, I'm working on it. And the next one comes in and when I'm finishing up that one, the third one comes in, I'm like, hey, what's up? <laughs> I was like, not in a million years. Can I keep up with that? I'm trying. I'm trying. But I'm not going to get there. And we got to commission these young people and I think that the greatest way we do that is by acknowledging messages like this. This is where things are going. Behold, I do a new thing. It springs forth now. Shall you not know it? Do we not perceive it? And we have to know how to get the gospel in so we can get the gospel out. Amen? But here's the deal. Enrique, on a Sunday morning, you tweeted something. What did you tweet about my message? Pastor Derek is going off. I see Pastor Derek's going off. And I'm in the terminology like going off. You mean like going off on somebody? So I texted him like, hey, dude, was that a good comment or a bad comment? He goes, no, that was sick. It was uh, like bad or good. I'm still trying to figure that one out, you know. <laughs> so he goes, no, it was really awesome, man. I, I loved it. And so terms change, too. And we, <laughs> we feel out of the loop. And so what we'll do sometimes is have the young people, why don't you put the terms up there so we can follow what you're saying? Because they're speaking in code for a reason, right? Uh, but with that, uh, Enrique's big on that. And uh, who else tweets? Who's the young person in here that tweets? Right? You guys tweet some? You tweet? You're Facebook. You're a Facebook queen, man, right? I like a lot of your statuses, so thanks, Enrique. When... Whitney Houston passed away, they found out in seven minutes from a, from a tweet. That's how people found out that Whitney Houston had passed away. Traditional news is starting to freak out a little bit because it's all changing. Well, it's the same for the church. The world has always kind of picked up those new methods quickly, and they get their message out. And I, I close with this. Do you know what Jesus said about the children of the world versus the children of light? And this was kind of like, wow, Jesus, is that how you feel? You know, The children of the world are wiser than the children of light. They're not blessed more. They don't have eternal life. They don't have everything we have to offer. They're just wiser concerning the things of this world. And it is important for us to understand how to grab a hold of that so that we can share the message that we have so that it can win more to Christ.
It's not going to happen any other way. We've got to get out there and we've got to communicate the message. The Great Commission is the Great Commission. Go, therefore, and make disciples, teaching them to obey all I've commanded you to do. Lo, I am with you, even to the end of the age. This gospel shall be preached, and then the end shall come, right? And so get out there and preach the gospel. Look, if you're like, look, I'm not getting on Facebook, and I'm not doing Twitter, fine. Just go meet with some people and share the gospel. But uh, we know this is coming, and we know that the church will continue to move forward, and we've got to harness it and use it. Amen? Could you all give Nate a hand clap for his presentation? Thank you, Nate. Father, we just uh, thank you so much for, um, God, just times that we can come together and learn, Lord, not only from your word, but, Lord, ways to share your word. Lord, I'm reminded of Paul the Apostle and how when he hit Mars Hill, (laughs) he could have been like, all these false idols you have, you need to get rid of them. And instead, he identified a way that he could connect. He saw the stone to the unknown God. And, Lord, he began to communicate in regard to this unknown God. Lord, I pray that we would be so savvy with the the gospel that, Lord, we would find those ways on Facebook to be able to witness and not be an offense, but be clear, Father God, about the importance of following you by the way that we follow you. Lord, not so much the words we're saying there as it is the life that we're living Lord, on Facebook, it's the things we post that communicate. And so, Father, I pray that we would be guarded with the things that we post on Facebook, that we communicate, Father God, through social media. But more than that, Father, because most of those relationships lead somehow to a personal connection, I pray the lives that we live, Lord, would reflect the love of Christ. Lord, I thank you for every member I thank you for those that aren't here today. Father, I thank you for our community and our city. And I ask that your Holy Spirit, Father God, would overshadow each and every one of us as we go today. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. Enjoy your day.